This is the Daily Coaching Podcast, bringing you thoughts, discussions and expert insight into all things football and coaching. Because in FIFA rankings, they were one, I think they were 165, I'm not sure, but we ended up in the 50s, 150s. Because a few months later, we drew a New Zealand 0-0. I have to take this. This is the next, the next step. In today's episode of the A Manager's Journey series, I am joined by the current Indonesian Legal One head coach of Bayankara FC, Paul Munster. Now, Paul has previously managed professional teams from all over the world, including Sweden, India and Vantua. We talk on the transition from player to coach, adapting to different cultures, taking a national team into the top 150 FIFA rankings, taking opportunities, not risks, and what the future could hold. This is one of the most interesting, inspiring, and insightful journeys of the series so far. So let's get into it. Can you explain how you kind of got into football initially and then kind of taking us up to uh, where you are now? Thanks, David. It's nice to be, nice to be here to talk to you. Uh, I started when I was basically a kid. Basically, they told me when I started walking straight away, I had a ball at my feet, you know, where I used to live back, back home. You know, the, our house wasn't the big, we didn't have a big garden, small garden, but it was perfect. It was basically me with a ball and a small garden, just kicking the ball away. And it just, just gradually just continued, you know, uh, where I used to live. The lads, you know, they were older than me. So I usually kick, kick the ball around with the older people. And then just gradually, I just started to play. You know, I made all my school teams and always a striker. I only wanted to score goals. I didn't care about, you know, taking players on and making sure I had a good game. For me, it was all about goals. So just going through up my age group quickly, you can say. I, sometimes I played older than my own age, just, but I was always the top scorer in my team. And just gradually kept going and going. I was in the Milk Cup squad with my age group back home in Belfast and just kept going right through the age groups. But at that time also, when I was growing, getting through, you know, 14, 15, I was still small. I was probably one of the smallest in the team. So I didn't actually grow until I was 19, 20. So do it really quick, just right through. It was, it was just always football. You know, there was no other sports when I look back, it, I could have, should have played other sports, but at the end of the day, back then, uh, everybody just played football on the streets. You know, even when the cars were coming, you still, <laughs> you didn't really care, to be honest. Yeah. But it was just football nonstop, and that's that's how it was, right, right, right through till yeah, till now. It's just football nonstop. Nice. And, and with, obviously, like you said, some of those sort of experiences, I mean, obviously, like I said, a common thing now, not as much nowadays, but over the last few years has been about sort of, you know, uh, when academies or clubs are looking at players, they look at potentially their um, physical attributes. So like you just said there, you, were, you didn't have your growth spurt until maybe 19. Uh, did you ever find that a problem when you were first going into football? Or was it because you had that sort of uh, natural ability of, like you said, you're a striker, so you score goals, and, and that was the main thing? Yeah, I probably didn't notice until, you know, uh, usually where I, where I used to live, it was the, I had older, there was older people, and then they started inviting me to play. Yeah. And it got to the stage where like we need to win, so let's let's get Monster. We'll go around his house and see if, if he's available. <laughs> so it, it started like that, and then through my schools, you know, we had a school team, but then there was a 
like a nationals out of 180 kids, I think it was, and I end up as the number nine, but going to England and Scotland and playing against teams. Again, still scoring, but I knew and I heard that people were saying to me, he's too small, which kind of pissed me off, to be honest. But yeah. I didn't really, didn't really care because for me, I was scoring goals. We were winning, you know. For me, it was about winning and scoring goals. That, that was my mindset. And to be honest, to this day, even as a coach, it's, it's still the same thing. And you're trying to rub that on to your players, you know. We love the game. It's the best job in the world, you know. Yeah. Uh, when I go back, I'll say it again to them, and now they'll probably agree with me because <laughs> we've been out for so long without football. It's everybody's. I'm sure everybody's feeling the same. We're all depressed and bored, and we don't know what to do. So it's, yeah. it's the best best job in the world. But it was wrong when I got around 18, 19. You know, it's that's when I got my injury, and at that time I was in Canada because I just finished college on yeah. a health. Uh, cross community it was like an eight-week course and there I did my cruciate ligament just playing a game with you know some friends just on a turn and after that when I came back home it's I, I started to grow actually after the the cruciate ligament probably a blessing in disguise but I was out for two years you know so there was no football between 18 and 20 I think it was a long time ago but there was no football and that's when I decided to go to go to Canada and that's when I was, was coaching at the, at the meantime, and they wanted me to come back. So at that time, Canada was probably not a place you would really think about soccer. That's what they called it there. It was more hockey. Yeah. So I took two years there, and I was coaching kids from five-year-olds up to 19-year-olds. And I just loved it. Two years, a two-year visa. And then just at the end of the two years, my, actually, my knee was getting, it was getting better because while I was coaching, you know, you're keeping yourself fit. Yeah. And actually, once I started the team, I was the biggest in the, in the team. I was the tallest. So then that's when I, I really killed it, you know, in the, the Canada League, the first season, 19 games, 25 goals. But our, yeah. again, our team, we, we sucked. We were second bottom. <laughs> but I won all the awards. But during when I was playing, I was still coaching, you know, in the, and I loved the coaching. Because I was always thinking, if I didn't make it as a footballer, I would, I would make sure I would be the, the best coach as possible. So, but thankfully, the football came in. And then after that year in Canada, I went straight on to Slavia Prague. So yeah. the journey went really, really quick. Because when I was going to check at that time, people were like, you were in Canada just a few years ago coaching, coaching kids. So when you, you hear the story, you're just like, this, this is not, not possible. But that was the mindset, you know. I, I knew what I wanted to do. And now I had the height and a bit of the strength. Because to this day, people are like, you're, you're, you're tall, you know? Because eventually back then, I used to I used to play at Limfield as well. Because yeah. some of the players I played with when I was a kid, you were mostly taller than them all. So it was a big, big, big culture shock. But yeah, you got a bit of height. It helps. But when I'm talking back when I was a kid, it didn't really matter to me because I was yeah. still, still scoring goals, you know? Yeah. Like, to this day, now you see goal scorers like Aguero and these guys small lads and they're they're scoring no one's talking about their yeah. their size yeah but back then you know in, in ireland that that was the mindset you have to be big strong and fast that's all i heard when i was a kid so now i'm coaching i would never say that to any player that oh you're too small no yeah. chance well exactly especially like you said as well if you can have the sort of you know technical attributes or the psychological attributes then it doesn't really matter like you said there's so many uh, small players which you know are have such great ability within the game I think it's almost I mean even like you just said they mentioned it but obviously you, you'll hear it but I think even when you're a player 
you kind of don't notice it because to you, you're just playing football and, you know, exactly. maybe you might not get an opportunity, but you may not necessarily re- know that reason why. If they mention it's because of your height, then you're like, That's how am I meant to do anything about that? But I think that as a, yeah. as a player, uh, you kind of just play. Yeah, my question was, okay, I'm the smallest, but the two center halves are two, three times the size is yeah. bigger than me and I'm still scoring. I'm like, so what? what's the difference? Yeah. But I never really got the answer, so... Yeah, nice. Um, and, and with that as well, something that I find quite interesting is, like you said, um, and it, I mean, I know there's a lot of players that potentially get their coaching qualifications whilst they're, whilst they're, whilst they're playing, which is, which is good because obviously they get a little bit of knowledge. And I sometimes use this sort of, uh, you know, saying of um, when, we're, when we're coaching, we're almost coaching the next crop of coaches because if you can educate players with knowledge and understanding, then obviously, number one, that's kind of what coaches have anyway, but if they've got the technical ability too, um, but then also it helps them on the pitch for that understanding of, you know, what to do in certain scenarios or understanding why their manager or coach is saying that. Do you think that when you were doing your sort of coaching, like you said, well, obviously it was young with younger players, so you said five to 19, do you feel that then it kind of, you, you looked at anything differently when you was playing. Did you sort of understand what the coaches were saying and why they were saying it? Or did you try to implement anything? Well, back then when I was in Canada, it was more technical. Okay. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't technical type. It was more technical, ball work, technique, yeah. passing, shooting, crossing, you know, things like that. That's what I was working on, demonstrating with the players. But eventually when I started to watch them play, because normally I would go watch them play and see how they play, then it was yeah. more positional, positional play. It wasn't really till I got to Slavia, uh, to the professional clubs, when I realized that, yeah, this is what they want and this is how, how it is. So back in Canada, it wasn't really the technical, but as you say, technical, more mental as well, making sure that they're strong because even there are the kids in Canada, they, they wanted to play in Europe. And you had yeah. to tell them what it, what you need to, to yeah. it's not just talent talent yeah. for me it's it's not it's there's so much more than just talent you know like you said mentally are you prepared to leave home you know i left when i was 18 19 i just wanted to get out of my country you know yeah. and just look at a different way of life because back then when i was going to Canada, i just finished my education on leisure and tourism so i always was intrigued with traveling you know seeing the yeah. world but also i wanted to play football so thank god it eventually it it happened but People just, it's easy to say, I want to be a professional footballer. Anybody yeah. can say it. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, but what do you need to do to, to do that? And then they start thinking, yeah, but I'm a good player. I'm like, that's, that's only enough. a percentage, you know? Yeah. But eventually from my experience talking to them, then they realize, oh, I need to, I need to do more, even extra training and things like this. You know, so many players, they, they don't do it and they expect yeah. just to turn up and uh, I'll, get, I'll get my rewards. But there's so much more. Yeah, I think, I think what's interesting as well is that sometimes players don't even uh, understand this element of it. But I mean, when like this, listen, there is no magic remedy to become a professional or, or to, to play the game. Um, but sometimes I talk about a mixture of uh, talent, motivation and opportunity. And obviously the talent and motivation part you were kind of just talking about there. But the opportunity is sometimes out of your hands. I mean, I know there's a lot of players, say, for example, over in England, and it might be even similar over to, say, for example, in, in, in Canada as well. So, uh, as, as essentially, like you said, uh, soccer wasn't maybe the the number one sport over there. So then therefore mm. you've got less opportunities to actually go out and play the game because there's not as many teams or even when it comes down to sort of um, environmental or financial situations, parents, you know, have you got parents that can take you to training? If you can't train by yourself, then all of a sudden you don't even get that opportunity to actually go and do it in the first place. Yeah. It's a good point because in Canada, it's a big, big country. So there's a lot of travel, yeah. you know, 
practice, it's, you know, you're on the highway, it could probably be one, two hours, and then plus games, you know, away games, it can take three, three, four hours. Luckily, luckily where I was, it took me an hour. I was in Kitchener, I was playing in London. But most of the times in London, people, some people don't know, I didn't really train with the team, you know, because I was so far away and I was coaching, it was mostly day and night. So I was doing my own training during my, I was coaching. I only maybe one, two times with my team, but they knew the situation. And obviously on game day, it was, I was doing the business. So there was no, I never got any questions, you know, uh, you should be here. If you, if you're not here, you don't play. Yeah. So I got really, got on really well with the manager. You know, he was the general manager as well. So he, he loved me. He's like, just, just come for the matches. So eventually it was the last three, four months. I just came for the Friday night games, to be honest. Yeah. That was it. He's right. like, you all right? Play? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, go. I so think so. That's what the trust is. travel and commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And he was good at that, man and management. I learned, I learned a bit, a good bit from Harry. God rest his soul. He, he died there a few years ago. But man management, he was spot on, you know, up front, straight, no bullshit, you know, just how are you done? Yes, let's go. Let's get it done. And that, that was it, you know. He, he was really good with me. He didn't really ask, you know, what are you doing? He didn't even really ask for what's my schedule or what. Just turn up. This is the time for the game. Be here. And I always came early just to get a good warm-up, you know, because you have to remember it was two years I didn't play. I was out yeah. with my ACL cartilage. I had a big injury in my knee, so I had to really look, look after it. Nice. But um, my management with him, that was, yeah. he, was, he was quality. I think this is interesting as well because you mentioned there, obviously, like you said, you picked up on that. And I suppose even at the time, you probably was obviously just being a player, obviously thinking about playing football. But I suppose when you look back at it and you kind of think, actually, do you know what? I take away quite a lot from him. And, 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 yeah, and I was 19 that. at that time. And I, it, yeah. it switched on to me straight away. And that also came into my coach, you know, with the kids, you know, if they're not doing it right, talking to the parents, making sure they're doing things right. Yeah. And to this day, the funny thing is some of these kids, you know, now, obviously now they're in their 20s or maybe, but they would still message me, oh, how are you doing, coach? You know, That's I'm good. still playing. Many of them don't play now, but there's actually a few of them who eventually actually one went to England. He played Newcastle, nice. scored against United. It was an international in Canada, David Edgar. Oh, yeah, there's a certain name. So, yeah, because I work with his dad in Canada in the, in the coaching. Yeah. So I got to know him. I remember he was 13, 14, but you could see he was, he was a player. So he yeah. went to Newcastle and actually went over to visit and watch some games. So keep in right. touch with him. He's in Canada and I'll play but just shows you there was one player and he, he did well. Yeah. He got the chance. Yeah, and I think the thing as well, like I, I've said this to a few people, you, you often, when you're coaching children, and I think this is a big thing, I think a lot of coaches, coaches coming into the game, they almost say, you know, I want the highest age groups, I want to work with the 18s, I want to work with the, the men's or the women's, I want to work with the, the best and yeah. the elite players. They're too but quick. What, yeah, exactly. And what they don't understand is that actually, do you know what? You will play a vital part on someone's journey. And do you know what? You, you probably won't get all the accolades because it won't be, you won't be the only coach that they've ever worked with. But it's so rewarding for coaches, point of view, like you just said there, you know, having to, you've, you played part of that journey and that part of that development and part of that, that education and, and understanding to that player and look what they've gone on that's, and, and done. That's the best thing, you know, even then, because I didn't really think I was a youth coach. I was just doing my job. You know, I loved yeah. it. I had a laugh with them, helping them, demonstration. For me, and I, I keep telling to the, the, the youth coaches I speak to, don't care about winning. You know, if, yeah. if you're doing right with them, they, they will love you forever. They'll keep in touch with you. They will remember you. I says, if they, if they remember you as a coach and as a person, yeah. that's the best, that's the best feeling. Yeah. You know, winning, if we, if we lost, a, uh, lose, obviously I've never coached a team, but if I watched them play and they were losing them, 
like, don't worry about the, the result. Just keep doing what you're doing. Next time I want you to do two step overs in a 1v1 or next time fake a cross, go inside. Try, do things, try things. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes kids are afraid because the coach is so worried about winning. Yeah. And I'm trying to encourage them, like, forget about the scoreboard. Yes, there's a scoreboard, but who cares about it? For me, the scoreboard should be maybe when you're 16 plus 16, 17, you know? Yeah. So do an extra, maybe don't pass because some parents, you know, when they're shouting, pass the ball, pass the ball. I'm like, no, can you take two players on? Then maybe he's took two. I'm like, okay, take three now. And they can't do it, but they need that encouragement. And if they don't do it, okay, do it again, do it again, do it again. Yeah, but repetition. I don't, think, I don't think coaches do that with repetitions, but maybe some do. But I, I know some good youth coaches, but some of them, you know, you can see them on the social media and stuff and they're maybe under 12s or whatever and they're, yeah. they're bragging about winning 6-0. And I'm, which which I'm is like, interesting because you get a lot of um, teams now when they change their names and they call themselves things like development or academy. Now, in my eyes, the development or academy the emphasis is not on winning. It's on what it says it's developing. Yeah, but developing. like you just you said, the thing is, it's the development goes out the window, even though that's within their name. Once the whistle blows, once the referee blows that whistle, yeah. it's like World Cup final all yeah. in. Different personality, you know, all of a sudden all those the ethos kids on the values. Maybe not playing also, yeah. Yeah, it's So crazy. That's, that's the thing has to, has to change, you know, everywhere I've yeah. been. Like in India, when I was technical director, because I was worked with the youth kids, yeah. I told, first thing I told the coaches, don't, don't worry about the score. Yeah. Make sure they learn and do things. If they do something good, push them. If they can't do it, push them again, you know, but it's just that mindset, you know, different countries. And yeah. I see it when I get the youth and I, when I see people talking about results, it does my head. And it drives you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with, with a kind of that, so like you said, you obviously had a very successful playing career in terms of scoring lots of goals. Obviously it was your job, but you need to score goals and done that. Um, and obviously, like you said, from early on, you kind of had a bit of an inkling that, well, not initially, but when you started doing the coaching, it was, you know, I'm, I'm coaching and you were doing that quite regularly as well. Um, and, and once you finished playing, obviously, uh, looking at your sort of managerial coaching career, you've kind of been in various different countries. And it's interesting that you mentioned earlier on about sort of, you know, looked at leisure and tourism and you kind of had an inkling to go across different countries. And, and that's kind of happened, obviously, you know, now coaching in yeah. Indonesia, uh, coaching manager in Sweden, like you said, technical director within India. Um what was the kind of major differences within that? Did you have to kind of change your approach? Obviously, I mean, one obvious thing would be probably I'm thinking the language barrier. Um, and, you know, when you get the sort of having to communicate differently, whether it be visual, auditory, or, or just doing your demonstrations. But yeah, what was kind of the differences from coaching sort of, you know, youth players within Canada and then coaching um, well, obviously youth in, in India as well, but then like, you know, men in these different countries? Canada, you can say is... That- the kids were like sponge, like yeah. anything you said, they would listen, you know, there was no language barrier there. And even the parents, they, they wanted to learn. They were yeah. watching. They were all, normally the parents go and have their coffee and they eat their donuts. But what I found it when I was taking them, everybody was, they were watching. They wanted to know what was going on because yeah. I, obviously I wanted to educate the players, but I needed to educate the parents because sometimes yeah. you would hear our oh, parents are screaming. I said, if, if your parents, if you're screaming and you're saying whatever, just leave. I mean, yeah. just sit, drink your coffee and just watch. Let me handle it. And they, they were fine. And the kids, they loved it, you know, yeah. just showing them some things and they were very nice, very respectful. You know, they, they wanted to learn. They sometimes when I was saying, let's do a Zidane, you know, the, the Zidane, you know, the, 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 when yeah. he steps over and does the spin, 
And they had no idea what it was. So you had to do the demonstrations. You had to take a photo and show the photo of this player yeah. and go to, go to YouTube, uh, look at these players, learn from it. And then when you come back next week, show me if you can do it. And they could do it. I'm like to the parents, make sure they're, they're in the back garden uh, doing this. Okay, coach, okay. And they, they loved it. Yeah. Uh, India was a different because the language barrier was okay. Some yeah. kids, you had to look at their background because some of them lived far away. So when they came, they, they couldn't understand or maybe physically they, they couldn't do it because India had a different approach. Canada were a little bit more physical, you know, yeah. more physique. Indians, I don't know if you know how they are, but Indians are a little bit less development, you know, physical. Okay. So you need to be much more patient. Yeah. But they would run through a, a brick wall for you. They would run all, all day. The kids in India were, they were amazing also. They wouldn't call you coach. They would call you sir. Okay. And then every time they would greet you, they would, they would bow as well to you. Nice. So it's like, you're, eventually you just, it, it was normal. You know, you, yeah. sometimes I would go like this to them also, just for the respect because of different, different they backgrounds. Coaches, but again, yeah. like all, coach, uh, all kids, they, they want to go as high as possible. So you, you have to educate them on the field and also showing them videos of games, you know. Like Messi, for example, when he was a young kid, you know, sometimes the problem I see with kids is they, they see the Ronaldo and the Messi now, but why don't show them when they were yeah. younger yeah. around their age? The relatable age groups, yeah. So I, a lot of my time as technical director in India and to the coaches, I would show videos of Messi when he was a kid, you know, I think there was a video, remember he was in some pitch, it was like a piece of like sand, you know, it was yeah. like rocks and stones. That's what the kids should, should see and yeah. look at these situations. Like that's messy, for example, and look at players' backgrounds, look at how the players speak because it's relation to all the kids. Yeah. But the problem is we're seeing everything the, when they're the now in the new camp plan. Yeah. yeah. Why not show before that? Yeah. So the kids can relate. I think the kids can relate more. So a little bit more mental also in, in India. I'm more mentally also as a coach, you know, the, so yeah. they, the people can visualize it, not just seeing, like you said, the finished the finish product because the finished product, you, people can say what they want, but what yeah. did they do before? I showed a video of Ronaldo. He was in Sporting Lisbon at the time because now when they see Ronaldo, you know, he's big, he's got the physique, but then I show a clip of Ronaldo. Look, look, look at Ronaldo. Yeah. Coach, he's so thin. Yes, yeah. that's how he was. So for him there to there, what did he have to do? And then there, oh, he go to the gym, yes. <laughs> and then that's it. No, yeah. he eat right, he sleep. Did he have yeah. girlfriend? Because some of the players that I know, 15, you know, not yeah. 15, but maybe 17, 18, 19, they start to have kids. Yeah, so the social, social elements, I, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, so I'm saying, for example, Ronaldo, when, I, I didn't know exactly his age. I'm like, for example, Ronaldo Messi, when did they have started having their kids? It was yeah. later in their in their career but again no one talks about it so you're yeah. trying to implement this to the kids but also to the, again to the coaches because when i was in india i was technical director and head coach but i was also coaching the the coaches yeah so trying to give them that mindset of what we're trying to do with the with the kids the kids they're still torturing me on uh, <laughs> instagram they're non-stop in the indians but they're they're brilliant so that was kind of the mindset, the, how the culture was in, in India. You know, they would get up so early to train also. We would train maybe five, six in the morning because you have to remember in India now is the heat. Yes, good point. Canada's different. In the winter and in the summer, you can be inside because we have the dome. Yeah. 
summer, sometimes you can be out, but in India, it's, you have to do it early. So the kids, to be fair, they were up, they, and they would uh, train early. And then during the day we would do video, video sessions with them, you know? Yeah. So that was India. And where did we go after that? Vanuatu, when I was national team yeah. coach, I also took the seniors, the 23s, the 19s, and the 16-year-olds. That was massive culture shock. That was end of the world, basically, on the other side of the world. Yeah. So going there, before I went, I did my research. And again, like we talked about at the start, people have no idea how players are in other countries. Yeah. Some of the players that I have in the team, in the senior team, I found one player from Australia who played in the A-League. Okay. was never called up, 24 years old. I brought him. He's, he was unbelievable. Had a captain who's in New Zealand playing for the best team in New Zealand. So there were some quality players and also playing in different regions of them, areas in Australia, New Zealand, and you had the uh, Solomon Islands, you know, different countries that we wouldn't really hear of, but yeah. the potential. Um, I had one goalkeeper. I didn't really know much about him. He's like, yeah, coach, I was in England uh, last year. Okay, where were you? Stoke. He was at Stoke City for three weeks on a trial. Wow. Goalkeeper. And I'm like, yeah. I, I need more information about these players. <laughs> yeah. But so taking all them age groups, again, the weather was really warm. We trained in the mornings. Same thing. I did video sessions with the players. But these players were more physical and they were stronger also, big, strong, but more. Then I need to work on the tactical aspect. So what I worked on in Vanuatu was a philosophy because there there was no philosophy. They were like, coach, whatever you want, do it. I'm like, perfect. This Because this is one of the main reasons I wanted to take the job, you know? Yeah. Because in FIFA rankings, they were one, I think they were 165. I'm not sure, but we ended up in the 50s, 150s. Wow. So anyway, we, I just worked on it, did everything, uh, did the trainings. We did two trainings a day, morning, and then later on that night, we fixed the facilities. We bring in a gym. They've never worked in a gym. Some players never had a running machine, didn't know how to do it. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was one of my best players. <laughs> just didn't know how to use a running machine. And the, the, the weights, yeah. they, they, some of them weren't sure how, how to do it. But when we played our first Tri-Nations game, the Tri-Nations, we played Fiji, Tahiti. We won it. Yeah. We beat all the teams and we were the lower ranking. And I'm saying to myself, there's so much potential here because a few months later, we drew in New Zealand 0-0. Like, nice. After that, people are going, what? Vanuatu just drew in New Zealand. Like, it's unheard of. Yeah. And then straight after that, I was taking the under-19s and trying to find the under-19 players because you have to remember Vanuatu was one big island. Yeah. So I had to go to the schools. The schools had school tournaments. So I was basically just picking players from the school tournaments, like who was a good player. And we just brought them in to get together and we put them straight into camp. So we, we, got a, we talked to the schools and we said they're going to live at the academy because we have an academy where there's rooms. So all the under-19 players, under-20 players lived in the academy. So that morning they trained. They went to school, came back from school, and they trained, trained again. So they trained two times, two times a day. So I had a schedule for the senior team, 23s, 19s, and then the 16s. 16s, I had a 13-year-old I played in, in the wow. 16s, and he was a good player. Yeah. So I went to the schools and says, we don't care how old you are if – I had a, a phrase, and her mother, his mother, loved this. It. Like it's, it's, it's not about how good you are. It's, it's you know, if you're, if you're good enough, you're, you're old enough. Yeah, it's and true. We actually have that phrase in the academy. If you're old enough, you're good enough. So the age is irrelevant. 
And then yeah. we brought some 16-year-olds and I brought them up to the 23s. They weren't going to play, but just to get that experience of what they need to do because they were better players than their, their age group. Did you um, so it find more, it was a benefit overseeing? Sorry, did you find it a benefit overseeing all of them those age groups? Because obviously, like there, for massive. example, you was able to, do you know, what I mean, transfer them across or bring them through or bring yes. them up and develop at the right time. Because I, I had a rule: if we had a senior team a game at home, all the nineteen six twenty threes, nineteen sixteens, they had to be at the game. They had to be. If they didn't, they wouldn't play. Yeah. So they all came to the game. So after the game, you know, they would come. I would speak to them all. You know, I, eventually I knew all their names. You know, there were so many players. Imagine. But that's what it was. You know, they, they are seeing what it's like at the first team. And because me on the side, I, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm very active on the side. You know, I'm <laughs> seeing pictures. They're yeah, they're like, you're like Conte, you know. Yeah. But that's, that's how I am. I didn't think I was going to be that because some people are thinking, what are you going to be? You're going to sit down and take, have a notepad and write? But yeah. no, it, didn't, it didn't last long, you know. But no. players see that and then they know what it needs to take because yeah. when I had them in training, if you do well, I can bring you up to the, the senior team or the 23s. And, and they believed in it. And the great thing is also the technical director actually just spoke to him earlier because he wanted an update on the philosophy because – they still have it, the, the player cards, each position yeah. for each player from the senior oh, nice. team right down to the 16s. Yeah. It was the same systems, you can say. We had two, three systems. Player cards was the same thing. When you have the ball, without the ball, you know, what's the main aspects that I was looking at? And to this day, like my assistant coach, who I still speak to, you know, I have a good relationship with all the teams that I'm with. He's the head coach now. Okay. Because when I left Vanuatu, the amount of coaches contacted me because they wanted the, the job. But yeah. that, in a way, that it meant I left something because it meant they had confidence to keep and the philosophy. They wanted well. to keep the assistant coach because if a new coach came in, they told me that like, if a new coach came in, they will change everything. Everything. And we yeah. don't want to do it. And because I didn't push it, I'm like, okay, but here's all the information. Stick yeah. to it. If you have any questions, just call me. And the technical director just messaged me earlier. <laughs> just because I keep in touch with them. You know, I, I want to help people. That's yeah, one that's of the good. most things, you know, wanting to help them to be better. If you have questions, anything like that. And the Vanuatu lads, still, I, I keep in touch with them all also. So it's having that relationship because I'm a, like a player coach, you know, man management. Yeah. I have a good relationship with all with all the players, even the players who didn't play, yeah. they, they still talk to me. You know, sometimes when players, you're not playing players, they, they return. Yeah. They probably don't like you, which is normal. You know, I know how it is, you know, but no, they, I keep in touch with them all. You know, I treat everybody the, the, the same, you know, off the field, you yeah. can laugh and joke and have a, you know, talk, meet their families, you know, things like this, but they know once it's training and it's game, it's, They've got to give it's it all in. Yeah, no, it's, good. It it's part of that building relationship, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it goes it's to massive. show you the, And if you yeah. tell someone to do something, I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody says, they will do it 100%. Yep. And then they will, I say, can you do it more? And they will do it, do it more. So having that relationship with players, you know, it's... Knowing how to get the best out of them, you know, like you said, massive. doing things like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously after that as well, you've obviously now gone on to Indonesia. And, and was you able to kind of take any of those, uh, obviously, like I said, for the, for the national team, able to kind of implement your own sort of ideas and philosophy. Was you able to do that uh, where you currently are now or was there kind of something yes. already in place? Okay. No, they... Actually in Vanuatu, we played the Indonesian national team. Okay. My friend Simon, he was the national team coach of Indonesia. Yeah. 
because I just finished the tournament, I think it was with the, the senior team. And he called me, like, Paul, can you do me a favor? There was a team, I think, dropped out and they needed a friendly game. Yeah. They're like, do you want to come over? So I had to look because I had some players from Australia. It was basically the main players. They had to go back to their clubs. So I says, give me a few days. I talked to Vanuatu, you know, the association, the president, general yeah. manager. You know, there's a, a whole system that you try to go through because Vanuatu has never been out of, eight, uh, out of their region. You know, they usually go to New Zealand, Australia. So I'm like, we have a chance to go to Indonesia to play a game in Asia. Yeah. They're like, serious? I'm like, yep. So I had to organize the track suits. You know, we had to look like a team, you know, to go, yeah. to go outside now. And we went. And going there, you know, I played all the players, just made sure everybody played. But the, the best thing was we had a hotel right beside the stadium. And I said, okay, lads, we're going to go for a walk. Make sure you put your shoes on because they're an island, you know, they have their flip-flops and their shorts. Like, put your tracksuit on, get your shoes on, meet you down in the lobby in 10 yeah. minutes. Okay, everybody's there. Coach, what what we do? Because they, they have no idea what's going on. Because yeah. <laughs> it's a big city. Uh, in Jakarta, it's massive. Where we were, there was no big buildings. It was yeah. just small so anyway, we go, we go for a walk and the path takes you to the stadium because I knew where it was. So we just walked around and just when we're going to the corner, they see this stadium. And I'm telling you, David, their faces, it's, I will always really? remember it. They're just like, their faces. I'm like, lads, this is where we're going to play. They're like, wow. oh my. They were just so happy to be able to go around. <laughs> yeah. I said, who wants to go in? Like, can we go in? I'm like, yeah, we're going to. So I ended up talking to a guy. I don't know how I found him, but he had, I seen some guys <laughs> with the keys. Yeah. Walked into the office and I says, just do me a favor. Give me 10 minutes. Just go around the track. We don't go onto the field. We went on to the, uh, we went in. Just, ah, uh, it was amazing for oh, them. Real. They've never seen a stadium like that. So there's cameras, videos. You know how the players yeah. are. Some of them were calling their families. Huh? They wanted wow. their family to see. That's so incredible. we played the game. We lost 6-0, but the, the result. The experience. Took I away didn't from it. care about the yeah. result. And I was so happy. I thanked Simon. Like, thanks for bringing us here because this is an eye-opener for the yeah. players because we just came back to draw with New Zealand, you know, and players are thinking, oh, we're, we're good. We can yeah. play England or somewhere. So I said, wait, lads, you're, you're going to play against Indonesian national team players. And yeah. these boys, different level. Unbelievable. So after the game, didn't speak about the result, just says, okay, lads, so what do you need to do to be a professional? So I'm like, I, fin I finish, <laughs> I go work. But, but it was a brilliant experience. You know, we still, I put photos sometimes and send them there. They're all yeah. thankful. It was unbelievable experience, you know. Yeah. So basically we went back because then straight away I was with the 17s. You know, we had another tournament. But then I got the call. Uh, Simon uh, contacted me because he was the Bankara coach 2017. Okay. Simon won the league with this team also. Yeah. So he, he spoke to me and he's like, yeah, I've mentioned your name. I'm like, 100%, I'm, I'm open for it. Because I knew about the team because through yeah. Simon, you know, I, I always, like I said at the start, we're all, I'm always looking at leagues and teams. And he said to me, yeah, my assistant coach liked you also. He's the technical director of the team. I didn't know. You know, okay. I'm just talking about how I am talking. He's yeah. like, we liked you and you used to play some good football. You know, you, you didn't just kick long. You, you used to try to play and he could see that you, you knew what you were doing basically and seeing your background. He's like, you're interested. So there's a couple of coaches in for it. I'm like, no problem. I didn't, I was thinking about it. I'm like, should I, should I, I'm like, no, leave it. So I just focused on the games. Yeah. Just training. 
he called me, he goes, Paul, you have it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, the, the players, they've agreed that they, because there was a, I think it was me and one, two other coaches. I wasn't yeah. sure. But it basically went down to Simon and the technical director and the, the players. They agreed. They're like, That's let's good. take good Paul. Yeah. So I got the call because they were 12th in the league. They were struggling. So I got the call, had to tell Vanuatu I was leaving, which to be honest, I, I was kind of gutted of leaving. But of course. in a way, because I was building something, you know, something yeah. was going really good. But I talked to the technical director and I said, listen, I, I have to take this. This is the next, the next step. You know, I was national team yeah. coach, burning experience, but this step I have to take. I need to show people what, what I'm about. You know, Asia is more exposure. Yeah. So anyway, I came because they were just halfway through the season. The last, the last game of the first part of the season, I came. They lost. I think it was 3-0. So now they were 13th. So they were starting to go down. Yeah. And I'm watching the game. I'm going, this is, this is going to be <laughs> interesting because they, they wanted top five. Yeah. So straight away, I took them to a training camp. One week training camp. Because normally I train two hours a session. Huh? So it's two hours, two times a day. So it was like boot camp, physical, technical, everything what I wanted. Because our first game in the second part of the season was against Bali United. They're the champions. They, they already won yeah. the league. The, the, for me, the league was over. So implemented what I wanted, changed a couple of players, you know, a couple of locals, a couple of foreign players, just changed it up. Kind of knew what I wanted because when I looked at the training and I was watching the players, I'm going, these players are actually, they're pretty good because yeah. I knew Simon told me about the players and they were like, they're a good team. They just need a coach to, you know, organize and just do, do your thing, you know? So I'm like, all right, let's go all in. So the first match we drew zero, zero. And I was gutted because we, we actually should have won it at the end, but it was a good start, you know, because the lads were used to losing, you know, the, the losing was starting to tick, kick in. Yeah, of course. And like losing it's not it's not my vocabulary we're not going to lose we're going to win we're going to be undefeated and they're just looking at me going this maybe they're thinking this guy he's he's just saying that but eventually they believed it you know we they bought into it we ended up fourth wow fourth we came fourth we just just kept winning i think we lost two games out of the i think it was 17 you know yeah 17 games we just kept winning and they they believed and we just you know got better and better and better and we came fourth, joint, I think we were joint third. And I was trying to get to the second place. I didn't tell the players because I wanted <laughs> to get into the AFC. Yeah. We were just two points off second. But I'm like, fourth place, okay. It's, I'm happy, to be honest. Looking back, if you told me fourth place, I would have took your arm off. Yeah, but of course. the players were quality. You know, the players I had, they were national team players also. You know, some of the, internet, the foreign players I had, good, good players. So season ended. And then we were invited to the tournament, the CM Rep, the Super Asian Cup. Yeah. So we went there. We had a bit of a good preseason before. We went there again. We won, beat the Cambodia team. And then we played a Malaysian team. This was a derby. I didn't really, I didn't know so much about it because then I realized Singapore, uh, Indonesia and Malaysia yeah. is rivals. Because when we played the game, I noticed everybody was more this is a Malaysian team coach. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do this. But first half, they were a really good team. I think in Malaysia, you can have five foreign players. I'm not sure. Okay. But they were beating us at halftime. And to be honest, we, we were playing really well. We actually played well more than the, the first game. First game was so-so, you know. But halftime, we come in, did a team talk, you know. 
I kind of lost it, you know, just because of the expectations, what I knew yeah. what we could do. And then we won. We won 2-1. Massive, you know, first trophy for many of the lads. You know, maybe yeah. some players haven't had a trophy since 2017. So it was like a three-year three year gap. And the most important was that we're coming here to win, you know, the mentality that we're going to win a trophy. We're going to do things. And then I, a friend actually told me, they're like, Paul, do you realize that every team you've been with, you've, yeah. you've won? The, think, because yeah. in India, we won the... It was a Punjab Super League. We won another tournament trophy. In Sweden, I won a cup, a Swedish cup. And then here we won. But just getting that mentality. Winning you know, mentality the, into it. The winning mentality. Yeah. And to be honest, we have created it here and they know what to expect. And we won that and it was great. We came back the next training. To be honest, the training was I was not happy with because there were so many reporters. It was ridiculous. Really? So I had to tell them to, they wanted in this, because I don't like reporters and people during training. I, of course. I, it can only be in for 10 minutes in the warm up. After that, I tell them you have to go out and then come back in two hours. Yeah. So then they come back and it was just mayhem. They, it, was, it was ridiculous. And I'm not really into that, you know, wanting to do lots of interviews. I'm just so focused on the team and thinking about the next game, how, how we can win, how can we make the players better? Because coming into that period of, in the club, there was many, many good players, but their form uh, dropped. Yeah. And then I realized how good they were. And then they were telling me that he, he was a national team player, but they are like now they're a lot of them are in the, the national team setup. So building their confidence and making them a better player, because for me, if you're building up their confidence and they're a better player, it means the team will be better. Yeah. yeah so focus on the individual, focus on the team and the, the results. I told them the results will come. We will win. Yeah. If we don't win, good luck. Like you're in trouble and they're yeah. afraid. You don't want to win. You don't want to lose. You know, it's, it's, it's not acceptable if, if you know what I mean. It's not acceptable. Yeah. And that, that has come into every team that I've been through. And then just when the season was starting, you know, the first two games were away games. We, we drew both games. Then we had a derby a game we drew. And then the, the COVID came. So we were just yeah. getting into the, into the momentum. And then it just, COVID came and then everything basically stopped for, for six months. Yeah. And that, that is a disaster. Six months, like physically, mentally, like talking to the players, Zoom calls, video calls, personal calls, because some players, they, they struggle. You can to tell they struggle because yeah. a lot of my players are, most of them are built on energy. Yeah. And you take that energy out and you say you have to sit and relax disaster it's hard to deal with yeah and of course and i think it's a big thing it's what you said where there's been nothing going on i mean you know what's quite interesting about your earlier career where you said you, you used to train individually i mean yeah that can happen but you know like you said if some of these players are so used to playing and, and training with their teammates and and for yourself as well you seem like a very good motivator of getting the best out of these players or wherever you've been really and like you said they may need that and if they can't get that then it's you know, struggle to get into that mindset. So, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like the first few days, hopefully we're back next week. That yeah. it's going to be more mental. Yeah, yeah. Physical, of course, we need to work on. But they send me videos. They're fitness guys. They're they're out running. They're they're doing stuff. My foreign players. We have a thing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They go to the stadium, like yeah. a group session. I I don't go. I just let them be. They can do their own stuff. They can set yeah. up their training what they want, and then they would show me the videos. Or our an Instagram art team, they would have the the videos of the trainings, or 
but I, I can trust these players, you know. Maybe if you're at a team and you have some lazy players, you know, they just sit, or, sit around. Obviously, you get some, but wait till we go back, more physical, but also mentally, just talking to them, you know, yep. just calling someone for 10 minutes, just saying hello to their mom and just making sure they're okay, you know, because it's everybody's different where they live. It's different areas. There's some nice areas, some areas where you're just, maybe the players are not nice to be there, you know, because they're used to being in that professional environment. So it's many, many things when we go back. So when we go back, it's going to, I think it's a five month season. Yeah. And then we'll discuss for the, the future because then the under 20 world cup is, is coming up. And the, the other thing is also the contracts are coming up in December. Yeah. So there's many, many things we, we need to talk about, you know, making sure that the players have a clear, clear mind, you know? Yeah. And so there's many, yeah. So it's lots of work to be, to be done. So these next few weeks will be very, very interesting. <laughs> nice. Um, and obviously, like you said, you know, throughout your whole major career, even playing career as well, you've had massive success, obviously success within scoring goals, success within um, winning stuff or wherever you've been. Um, Two things, really. Number one, uh, what would you kind of say, and it may not necessarily be something you've won, it may be something that you've implemented, like, for example, what you've done at the uh, national team. But um, what would you kind of say has been your biggest um, experience so far to date? Um, and also, um, I know you mentioned earlier on about sort of like you've got the sort of man management um, skills and experience off of um, that guy, Harry. Um, who would you kind of say has been the influences or what has been the influences behind the coach and manager that you are today? Has it been through courses, players, other coaches, managers, opposition. You could, you could, David. You can say a bit of mixed. You know, yeah. I, I left home early. I basically went for me. I have my own mindset. You know, yeah. people can very rarely talk me out of things. If I'm going to do something, I do it. You know, as a player going through, the, you know, the teams that I play with. You know, we were. In, I was in Slavia Prague. That was a massive opener because yeah. to this day I still talk to the coaches. Like sometimes people don't know that. If I have a summer free, which very rarely happens because I had to do my coaching courses, I would live in my coach's house. I would live in his house. Yeah. I would stay with him, go th- watch his trainings. We would talk about the training session, the game. There was a game he played against Sparta Prague. It was mostly focused on defensive. They drew 0-0. And we went through the system watching Sparta play. He was analyzing and I'm learning all the time from these, these coaches. You know, you're trying to make yourself better, but... Even playing them through the leagues, different countries, you know, because the teams that I was with, obviously not Canada, but like it was in Linfield, Slavia and Sweden, you know, these teams were winning leagues. Yeah. We weren't just happy to stay in the league. You had to win the league. You had to win the cup. So that mentality as a player, like I was saying as a kid, scoring goals, wanting to win, it came into through the teams that I was playing with. The expectation, you know, me as a foreign player going to different countries, I was expected to score. Yeah. Like there was no, ah, you're just, like the fans would be on you. You know, if you're a foreign player, you you need to, I need to be better than the, I need to be better than the local players. Yeah. So the expectations were high. So me coming in as a manager, looking at the tactical aspects and learning off some players, like some of the players I play with, you know, some played in Atletico Madrid, was Kuki played in Slavia. He played in Stuttgart, Leverkusen. He's the third time, all time top scorer. Radik Babel was the captain of Atletico Madrid. Yeah. There was uh, a couple of other boys who went to England, you know, in Slavia. Martin Latka, he was at he was at Birmingham. You know, all these players. I keep in touch with all these guys, just learning from them how we play. You know, I'm very attacking minded player. You know, brought in as a coach, I want to win. But also for me, people don't realize that 
they, if they look at my record, clean sheets, you know, conceding goals yeah. is very, very minimum because yes, I want to attack, but making sure we have that balance in defense that we're not getting caught in transition. So my man management for me, it's like, I don't say it's easy, but I'm more open. You know, I'm still young. I have that relationship with the players, but I'm very focused on tactical. Lots of my training is very on tactical plays. Sometimes it can be boring, but when we keep doing it, the players realize when yep. it comes on game day, when I'm showing them on the presentation, they're like, yeah, we know this coach. We, we do this all the time. Yep. Make perfect. So we'll do it on the pitch and it, it works. So it's just consistency, you know, just getting into the player's head because sometimes like here, the language barrier, you know, I have a personal translator. He's with me. But when I'm doing the repetitions and training, you know, many times I do two trainings a day. So repetition, sometimes I don't need to speak. I just show it on the project and just and they don't like, yeah. Yeah. So I just go through the slides and talk to the, obviously sometimes main points and then obviously I have the translator, but they understand quick. So that's a great learning for me also. You know, sometimes you, I forget that they don't understand. Yeah. Because I'm on them. You agree? Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, coach. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, why, how would I be in a country that speaks English? Yeah. Then the points, you know, because me, I'm more get to the point, main points, and so they understand. So you go into more of an English speaking country, it's that should be easier. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's also but, those learning styles, isn't it? It's, you know, yeah. even, even in have England. To listen. Yeah. Yeah. And playing with players in different countries, you know, having that background, like I have players from Brazil and Africa and I have experienced that as a player. My friends are from, I have players from Brazil, you know, my friends. Yeah. So when I speak to these, I can speak Portuguese, I can speak some French and they're like, coach, how you know these languages? Yeah. I was a player, I my friends and they, yeah. the players I speak about, they know them because yeah. they're big players. So yeah. it's yeah. having that, the players are going, oh shit, this Coach, he's, he, he, he knows football, you know, but you, you, you have to show, you know, get that respect on the pitch. That's the most important, you know. I wouldn't be that kind of coach. Yeah, I played for this team, this. Show it on the pitch, do your coaching, and then they will realize, you know, it's, he knows what he's doing. And then, like you're saying, your background as a player and as a coach, you're winning things, you know. Yep. Winning in different countries, it's, it's not luck. It's not a, a fluke. You know, I'm working my ass off, you know, going to different countries. You know, I have a family, my parents, I have a big family back in Ireland. You know, these are the sacrifices yeah. you make, you know. You, you want to, I, I want a top career, not a good career. You know, I want to go to the highest because people ask you, what, where do you want to go? I want to go to the highest. You know, if I don't yeah. want to go to the highest, why, why am I, why are you doing I around Asia? What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so course. that's the mindset. And putting that into the players. You want to go higher? Okay, this is what you got to do. But thankfully yeah. now I have international players. You know, the players I'm coaching now, I have a Chad international striker. He's the best striker in his country. I have a Brazilian who's a top player, a South Korea ex. He played on the national team under 23 and stuff. And the, the local players, they're all national team players. Yeah. Big, big name players. So me as a coach, for me, I'm unfazed. It's not, you know, if you're a young coach and you're, coaching big players and you're like starstruck or oh, none of that, no chance. Yeah. And they, they see that like, if they're not doing the job, you're, you know, you have to be on them. So you, you have that respect and it works both, both ways. Yeah. So cool. that's the aim gradually just trying to get that plan, you know, have that five, 10 year plan, like on the pro license, we had some lads, you know, we had Michael Beal, he's at Rangers, yep. Christians, assistant coach with Patrick Vera. We had, it was Harry Kuehl, Benny McCarthy, you know, they're all big name 
guys, but everybody, you know, f- me, they're all, they're just the lads, you know? Yeah, no, it's but, uh, true. Keep in I touch think... with everybody and you keep, keep in touch with everybody's careers, you know, you, you yeah. encourage them if they're, maybe if they've lost a match, you send them a message or if they win, you know, like Mick, they won in the, in this, the Premier League first match, you know, they have pressure to win the league for Rangers. So just, you know, keeping that connection yeah. with your, your, your coaches, your friends, you know, and trying to learn, everybody trying to learn from each other. So that's just motivating each other, you know, because everybody's in different countries, you know, families are back home. Yeah, of course. I think that's good as well. We've like said, having those connections with those different countries obviously allows you to, like I said, number one, keep up to date. I know you'll see earlier on the conversation, you said obviously you keep an eye on most of the leagues anyway, but just having that sort of in the background as well and being aware of what's going on in all these different countries. Because I think sometimes you do get young coaches who do go abroad for coaching opportunities. Um, and the, the good thing about your career is because you've experienced it, number one is a player in different countries, but now number two is a manager and a head coach and a technical director in different countries as well. Like it doesn't phase you. Whereas you get some young coaches who go over there thinking it's, oh, do you know what, just for the experience or just because, oh, wow, I've got this opportunity. That's great. But yeah, if it phases them, it's going to end in tears. Yeah. If, if it's a, I think if it's a youth coach yeah. and he's going for the experience, then yeah. I would understand that, you know, seeing yeah. the culture. But if you're going for a head coach job in senior football, the Different. pressure is on straight away because the eyes are on you. You know, you're a, remember yeah. you're a foreign coach. You're yeah. they're they're expecting you to win to win the games. You know, you yeah. win your games. It's the players. If you lose, it's the coach. You know, you know the saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's course. how it is. But the expectations are on. But you're going there for me. It's of course you're going for the experience. But at the end of the day, I'm going there to win. You know, I, you want yeah. to win everything. You have to be greedy. Have that the mindset. But if you're going to be a tourist. Forget about it. It's yeah. better to be a tour rep or something. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, and, and, and with that as well, so kind of like looking across sort of, you know, the whole of your career so far, and I know you kind of briefly just mentioned it a little bit there about, like I said, you know, the aim has got to be to, to, to want to go to the top and, and, and try and go as far as you can. Um, obviously, yeah. I, w- I was going to say, would you, would you consider coming back to sort of the UK for a, a, a coaching job, a managerial job? But in saying that, in looking at a career, I suppose it could be anywhere. Is that, is that right in thinking that? that where the opportunity yes, is right. Opportunity is right. Like if you're saying, for example, would you come to England? Yeah, but for me, I would do my research. Yeah. If I'm going to a club who's really bad financially, has problems, In then no maybe I wouldn't take it. Yeah. I would wait, you know, because I want to, it's, it's difficult. You, a coach can never decide what team he wants to go of to. It's, it's what comes up, something you might like, something you might not like. But right now, to be honest, I'm happy where, where I am. Yeah. I've been here, I think next week, I'll be here one year. Yeah. You know, I could be here longer, but like you say, you, you never know what happens in the future. Maybe there's people watching me. I don't know. You know, it could yeah. be club owners, people talking about me. Because what, that's one thing also, David, that I've been as a player and as a coach. Yeah. Agents have never got me a, a club. People need to, you know, you need to understand that. It's yeah. word of mouth, maybe people talking. They're, people are starting, hopefully, to, to hear good things about me. But hasn't been a, an agent, which for me is a sign that, okay, I must be doing something right. Yeah. But you need that luck as well. You know, never, maybe in the future you need that someone to help. But right now it hasn't happened. But in the future, you never know. Because Asia, you know yourself, it's, it's massive. The, yeah. the amount of countries here, it's huge. But obviously it would be nice to get back into Europe. You know, I've been in Europe. I coached in Sweden six, six seasons, yeah. you know. So for me, Europe, Europe is a possibility, but at the end of the day, 
it has to be right for me. Make sure that you follow and subscribe to the Daily Coaching Podcast so that you never miss out on an episode.